Welcome to the new. Every experience with God's Word promises to be refreshing and transformational. Receive today's message with high expectations as it brings power, light, and a fresh anointing to your life. Let me start by saying that when it comes to God, um, one of the things He usually looks out for in actually giving us certain things is our pursuit. Um, it's almost impossible to receive certain things from God unless you actually pursue. Um, pursuit is actually very big to God that Jesus, when he was speaking to his disciples, said, you don't cast your pearls before swines, which means you don't give precious things to people who are not going to value it. The same thing for God as well. So there are certain things he has reserved for those who actually hunger and test for those things. So there are dimensions of God we will never come into until we express our thirst, our expectations, and our pursuit for those things. Now, let me, let me, let me go back a while. Um, in my uni days, um, there was a time when it was conversations around purpose that we used to talk about a lot. And it got to a point where I was asking God what exactly was my purpose what exactly was i on earth for and i know there are so many people like that right now they don't know exactly what they should be doing i looked at my life and i was like okay what is it that god has actually made me for so there was this campus supernatural we're gonna have and um i was praying earnestly and expecting god to actually speak to me where that um, conference was concerned um a couple of weeks to the conference i had um, an inspiration in my heart where God actually led me to fast for seven days towards the conference. Um, some of these things I've not actually shared before. Not only was, he, was I going to fast, he also asked me to pray at 3 a.m. every morning. And I was not going to be praying on my bed. I was going to be walking down to the length of Road 1. If, if you're in OAU, if you know Road 1, you would know, I, I don't know how many kilometers um, Road 1 Maybe actually you is. compare it to a road in Lagos? Um, what can I compare Road 1 to? Here to Ojota to, is it, it's more than Ojota to Maryland, is it? Something, like, yeah, something that long, right? For those who actually did not attend OE. Um, so 3 a.m. every morning, I would wake up and this is um, one thing about God as well. It will give different people what he actually requires of them to step into certain things. It might not be the same for every person, right? Everyone's instruction is actually unique. So I wake up 3 a.m. every morning. It was just like Pastor Shala said last week. When God gives you an, um, um, an instruction, it is left for you to actually carry the house. You don't wait for God to help you carry out the instructions he has given to you. So I'll set my alarm for 3 a.m. every morning, and then I'll walk the length of Road 1. I'll walk to and fro. You know, of course, 3 a.m., you don't even see bikes, you don't see cars. It was quiet, and I would be praying that God should speak to me where my future was concerned, where my where his purpose for my life was concerned. The conference started, and then I was still in the middle of all that. And at the end of the conference, for three days consecutively, I had what I'll call an encounter. Every single night, I actually sleep. I would see certain things, which <laughs> I might not be able to say right now. 
And that's actually changed the course of what my life actually is, the trajectory of my life up until now. Some of the things I have seen in my life right now actually came or started from that encounter. I stepped into certain things. And let, let me, let me round, round up um, by saying that there are certain things, just like I said earlier, there are certain graces that God might not have actually um, proposed for you in that sense because he has different things for pe different people. But there are people who will step into things that God might not have even proposed for them just because they pursued after those things. And let me end by saying this story. <laughs> I hope I'm not taking a lot of time. Um, I remember I was listening to um, a man of God, a popular man of God in Nigeria. If I mention his name, everyone would know him. So he had his ministry in Kaduna at this time. And all he used to do was teach and teach and teach and teach his people. And whenever he wanted the move of the Spirit, manifestation of the move of the Spirit, healings and all that, he would invite his friend from Ibadan to come over to um, to Kaduna to do that for him. So he would teach and his, his friend would take over the move of the Spirit aspect of the service. You know, and people would get healed and all that. So there was this night, they were together in the house preparing for service the next day. I think it was a Saturday into a Sunday and they were watching videos. His friend had come with a video of Benson Idaosa's meeting. It was a huge, um, what do we, crusade. A lot of people were there and healings and manifestations of the spirit. While he was watching it, he broke down and started crying. All he was saying was, God, me too. God, me too. God, me too. And he cried all through the night. And when he got to church the following morning, he was going to teach like he usually does. But before teaching, he decided to raise some songs, right? After doing that, he, he made a call that if, if you have been healed in any part of your body um, in this few minutes um, that the service started, can you just lift your hands and come out? And a whole lot of people actually came out. And that changed the course of his ministry. So desire and pursuit is actually what helps us step into certain things with God. Yeah. Wow. Amazing. Amazing. Please, a round of applause for Pastor Wow, just listening to Pastor Tosin, there were so many, you know, um, thoughts that um, God was just highlighting in my heart. And I just wanted to speak to somebody here who feels like, but I'm not called to be a pastor. Or I don't think, because <laughs> I don't think that I am called to be a pastor or a prophet or evangelist or any of the fivefold ministry or teacher or um, an apostle. I don't think so. At least I don't feel that way right now. So does that mean that um, I don't have to do this kind of pursuit? I mean, if you look at the book of Daniel chapter 5, Daniel chapter 5 was, uh, was an interesting chapter. It was talking about the, uh, the CV of a man whom we call Daniel, the prophet. Um, something had happened in the palace. Look at the way it happened in the palace. Not in church, not in the tabernacle, not in the, uh, what else? Not on the roadside, 
but in the palace there was a supernatural manifestation a hand appeared um, before God before them and it was a new king and a hand wrote some things on the wall and they were looking for who to interpret and of course the first thing you're going to do you're going to call your special advisor you're going to call your chief economic officer you're going to call your professors I can imagine that they called some professors from um, OAU from Futo from University of Lagos called or called all these guys and then unfortunately they could not interpret because there is a limit to what can um, uh, there's a limit to what man can do there's a limit to what the physical can accomplish um, this was a realm that was above the normal hallelujah so they called this young man and then he came and it was the queen mother who came and said there is a man in your kingdom in whom is the spirit of the most holy gods light understanding and wisdom like the wisdom of the gods was found in him was that man was he a pastor was he a prophet no this was simply a man who understood his covenant and was able to take those things and bring it to bear in the palace listen very carefully not all of us are going to be able to hold a mic in the front of thousands of people and talk to them about the message of jesus some of you your mic is going to be in asurok and guess what it is even more dangerous in those places what did jesus tell the disciples he said behold i send you as sheep amongst wolves when we are in the body of believers right here what are we we are all sheep we are the sheep of his pasture. Am I correct? But then when we leave this place, what happens? We are amongst the wolves. Who much more has to fast and pray? Who much more has to wake up at 3 a.m. and declare the word of the Lord? Who much more has to pray in tongues on the way to church, on the way to work? Who much more has to pray in tongues under your breath in the boardroom? Who much more has to pray before an interview? Who much more needs anointing of the Holy Ghost? Who much more, guys? So don't rule yourselves out. He's a pastor. Okay, yes, he can pray for 3 a.m. Who told you? Do you know what, what did Jesus tell John and James? They were approaching this city. And what happened? And then maybe, I don't know what, I, I, I don't remember the totality of the story. But then and they, they asked Jesus. They said, uh, let's call down thunder to rain upon them. They were called the sons of thunder. Jesus looked at them and said, you don't know what manner of spirit you are. I'd like you to put your hands on your belly. There's something inside of you. Oh, there's something in me, my world must see. There's something. I like the way the man of God says it. There's enough space in the sky for all of us to fly. The birds, you don't see birds hitting each other when they are flying. So you don't, may not be able to sit at the position of a pastor. But guess what? There's something inside of you for all of us to marvel at. I mean, who remembers the butterfly story, the butterfly um, 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 play that we did earlier this year? That's creativity. Some people will never, ever, ever listen to a man of God, but they will see a play like butterflies and the anointing of God will rest upon them right there and they'll begin to hear words. Why? Because God does things the way he does, he wants to do. He doesn't need man. He doesn't need you to come and block him. Of course, he needs man to partner with him. But God is going to reach whoever he wants to reach as long as somebody is going to partner with him. So don't rule yourself out. Come on, tell someone, don't rule yourself out. Don't rule yourself out. Don't rule yourself out. So the fact that because he's a pastor, no, 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 no. I mean, think, 
<laughs> he wasn't even in a pastor. He was just stirred up to pray about God's plans and God's purpose for his life. I like to talk about Joseph. If you look at Joseph's story, Joseph wasn't really a pastor. But the Bible now says that Joseph prophesied. It says, God will surely take you out of this place. Take my bones along with you. I mean, go on, Daniel. Glory to God. Wow. How many of you felt like something changed <laughs> in a few? Okay, so yeah, in line with um, the conversation we're having, Pastor Tosin have gracefully talked about how he prepared for an encounter at a particular season of his life. Um, PD, I'll come to you now. Um, by the way, you preached a very fantastic service on Sunday, right? With the Lord's um, doing. <laughs> um, so I'm going to make a lot of references to some of the things you said, um, starting with the four categories of people, um, you know, in these kind of situations. However, I want to ask, because I know someone will be watching us online or even seated here wondering, um, we've been taught about the four categories of people and Pastor Tosin have now shared his own experience as to how he gets to prepare for one of the instructions God gave him to prepare for an encounter. But I believe that there are practical steps, you know, people can take, everybody can take, you know, ahead of a meeting like this. So would you um, kindly give us those practical steps that things people can do, one, two, three steps people can take to prepare for this kind of an encounter? Thank you. Thank you, Daniel. Um, first, I'd like to talk about um, a mistake that I used to make. And uh, it's a mistake that I know um, several people also make. Um, I was fortunate enough to grow up in church. I joined this ministry early. I grew up in a Baptist church. And um, I joined the Kingswood Ministries very early. And I remember then, of course, it's the message of the supernatural there's a lot of emphasis on the move of the Spirit. There's a lot of emphasis on the move of God. There's a lot of emphasis on what, how we let the Holy Spirit to move. And uh, unfortunately, I began to misinterpret that to think that I had no part to play. I had no part to play. And also, um, uh, I remember those times um, when Supernatural was coming. Supernatural was usually a year-end convention where um, we had different men of God to come and teach. Our, our founding father, Dr. Kaede, Jesus would teach. And then some of the people that God leads him to bring in also teach as well. And I made the mistake of just strolling into those meetings. Just strolling into those meetings. And because I had learned to always yield myself to the Spirit of God, I mean, um, when we talk about laughing in the Spirit, you know, you do things by, you do these by faith. When you see somebody laughing in the Spirit, it is not a physical manifestation, it is a spiritual manifestation. Bible says in the book of Luke, it says, and Jesus in that hour rejoiced in the Spirit. So that means that we can actually laugh in the Spirit. Bible says in the book of, uh, I think it's Psalm 2, where it says, uh, why did the hidden rage and the, and, and the people of the earth imagine a vain thing? Bible says that he that sits in heaven shall do what? He shall laugh. So we do, we learn to, you know, um, step into his meetings and then once you end time, you just yield yourself, you lift your hands and then you laugh, you feel the presence of God, you dance, you hear a powerful word and then that was it. And then several years later, Pastor Tosin, I got into the new and then I saw real life how intentional our pastor used to be about meetings especially special meetings, grace culture, 
supernatural. The next conference, um, the word conference, the feast last year, um, Oriki, how intentional he will be. He will tell us, oh yeah, we're going to fast. He will come, he will set up a prayer chain and then we'll pray and then all we're praying for was the feast, gathering momentum, building expectation in our hearts, declaring words over us even before the event itself, Pastor Tosin. And then I just thought to myself that, Dito, what have you been doing all this while? The honest truth is that when God calls a meeting, he has a plan. He has a plan. God always has a plan. I mean, um, he built the world. Before the, he built everything. He planned everything before the foundations of the world. He put everything. He, uh, the, um, my days were written in your book, Psalm 139. Um, the psalmist said he had written everything in his books. But man always has a part to play. When God was going to save the whole world, he still had to send Jesus to come in flesh. The Bible says in the book of John chapter 1, the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. God still needed to deal with man in flesh and bones. It means that our cooperation, we need to cooperate with the plans and the purposes of God to get the fullness Strolling into those meetings, I got a foretaste, but I did not get the fullness. Strolling into those meetings, I got the ankle level like um, Ezekiel described, but I could have gotten the fullness. I could have gotten so much more. I could have received so much more. I could have harnessed so much more. And I'll be hearing conversations like, please, if you know how I'm preparing for these meetings, if you know the things that I want to happen in my life for this next conference, and it is just shaking my, shaking my foundations, shaking my mind, shaking me to my bones. Can we appreciate our pastor? Can we just appreciate him? I'm in real life. And then I just woke up and I said, no, I have to wake up. I have to wake up. I have to wake up. Things that I'm doing or that, you know, you should do. Number one is to actually have conversations with God. I say, God, what exactly is in your heart where this conference is concerned? Don't jump. Start with a clean slate. I'll never forget something Pastor Shala put on his status one time when he was um, showing us pictures about when he's preparing for a meeting. I don't know if anybody remembers it. He just started with a clean book, clean slate, nothing written, just there. And they just have conversations with God. Because you can make assumptions. Your next level may not necessarily be with that, that career. Your next level may not necessarily be with um, that thing that you're currently handling. In fact, Daniel, some people actually have actually camped around a mountain for so long. That is all that, is all that they are actually seeing. That is all that they are actually believing for. That is all that they are actually considering. When there's so much more to you, actually. You've camped around the mountain and then you believe that that is where... The, your future and your existence circles around. But not, not necessarily. There are dimensions to you that God has told you of time past that you have maybe forgotten that at this conference, maybe he wants to awaken that. Hallelujah. He wants to stir up certain waters again. He wants certain rivers to flow again. So you did, I think that's the right place to start, Daniel. To ask God important questions that God, what is in your plan for me individually? Where the feast is concerned and then one, the next thing that you can now ask for what is scripture 
is my own. There's a general scripture. It's called it. Um, pastor has uh, God has led pastor to call it concerning spiritual gifts, and we're going to come to that uh, in a while, in a minute. Concerning spiritual gifts, maybe you can start to the book of First Corinthians chapter twelve and just begin to study and to look at what it means when it says, "What is the word of wisdom? What is the word of knowledge? What is discerning of spirits? What is tongues and interpretation of tongues? What is the gift of prophecy? What is the working of miracles? What is the gift of healings? What is the gift of special faith? How was it manifested? Is there a book that you can begin to read in preparation? You can start with that, Daniel." I know certain things that I, I know I am going to get at this conference and I have begun to prepare ahead. I have the scripture. The word of God is absolutely, absolutely amazing. I stumbled on a scripture that I had known before, but then I, I saw it again recently. Psalm 138, verse 2, he says, God has honored his word above his name. Do you know what that means? What that means is that that Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Elohim, El Elyon, the Most High God, El Shaddai, and all those expressions and manifestations of God that we have heard of, God actually said he has put his word at a higher pedestal than his name. So in one, one of the things that I'm doing consciously is going back to studying what God has said in his word. Going back to the word and eating it again. He says, as newborn babes, desire the same milk of the word of God that you may grow thereby. What that means is that I can either respond to that desire or I can just leave that desire and go on. So it's to go and go before God daily and just ask certain questions. Of God, what exactly is the need for me in this feast? What do you want to do for me in me? on me and with me in this and then begin to ask God for a word, a scripture. When we meditate on the word of God, what are we doing? We are planting that word in our hearts consciously. We are putting that word in our heart consciously. Listen, when it comes to um, healing your body, you can put the word of God in your heart. Bible says that guard your heart with all diligence for out of it flow the issues of life. Your heart can produce that healing that you need. So what do you do? You just plant the seed of the word of God, Daniel. You plant the seed. Another important thing that just came to heart is conversations. In this season, you're going to have to roll with the right people because there are certain people that are going to quench your thirst. There are some people that are going to stir up your thirst. I'll say that again. There are certain people that are going to quench your thirst. And there are certain people that are going to stir up your thirst. In quenching your thirst, they're going to introduce carnality. They're going to want you to come to this fold where we're going to be watching Netflix and chilling. But there are certain people that are going to be stirring you up. Like Pastor, Pastor was stirring me up to prepare ahead for a conference in those meetings, those times, the next conference and so on. That was all he was doing, those kind of conversations. Powerful conversations. I hear certain things and then you get home and all you're doing is just, you can't, you can't sleep, you just have to pray. Because something, there was a communication. It says, as in water, face, answer to face. So does the, this man to man. That means there can be a communication of spirits in conversations. Communication of spirits. They, you can set yourself on fire just by setting conversations. So you're going to have to watch those conversations in this season. So that you can stir up certain things and certain desires and pursue the Father. Hallelujah. Pastor Sin, you want to say something? <laughs> you said a lot actually but um, maybe one thing I want to add is fasting right 
um, there's a way fasting actually gets us prepared as well for a, for a meeting. Um, one day I was asking, because I usually ask God a lot of questions, like, I was asking, okay, aside, um, aside us fasting, right, for us to actually um, enter into certain things, what else does fasting actually do for us? Or what else is fasting supposed to be for? And then I began to see that fasting is actually a way of expressing desire. That I'm going to put away this food, right? I'm going to sacrifice it for what I actually want. And you're expressing that desire to God that I'm not going to eat for this number of days. God doesn't even need to tell you to fast. But you're actually expressing your desire that I am hungry for this thing. And I'll put away my natural food. I think it was Job who said that um, I have esteemed your word above my necessary food. Yeah, so that means that there are certain things you can actually esteem beyond the natural food. So if I esteem a certain spiritual gift, I want to walk in the dimension of a particular gift, I can decide to put away my natural food so I can go in pursuit. And that expresses desire to God. And God always, will always, um, um, what's the word now? Huh? It would all always honor our pursuit. It would always honor our pursuit. Yeah. Um, by way of recapping what you have just said, um, PD mentioned in pursuit and preparing for an encounter like this, you know, you should ask God what his plan is for you and then get a scripture, at least a scripture, you know, in line with your, the conversation you're having with God and then also watch your association said, roll with the right people and Pastor Tosin added fasting right, in a place of hunger. Um, Pastor Dato, I, I remember a couple of years ago, I, I had just joined church. No, I, I was about two years in church now because I remember I had, you know, been around for two supernaturals and this was in my third supernatural in 2008 and even though I had been in church, I got born again in King's Word. I had been in church for about three years now. For some reason, I just still didn't believe tangibility of the manifestation of the spirit even though this was our heritage this was what we saw every other day, every other Sunday, every Wednesday you know, every supernatural but for some reason, because I had not felt it personally I was, you know in the fold, but I just didn't believe that you know, these things were real when I see people fall under the power, I'm like Oof. and you know, there is a way we stand at the time I was always standing behind the camera I was the camera boy in church and supernatural 2008 um personal preached the message in preparation for an encounter just like you know this conversation that we're having I began to ask God to just manifest himself to me just for that let me just feel your presence with regards to the tangibility of the anointing I had prayed that prayer consistently ahead of Supernatural, and I even forgot about it. Friday morning. Supernatural used to be Thursday to Sunday. Friday morning, I was on my way to church, and church, it was Victoria Court at the time. I got to Penn Cinema, and I dislocated my hips. Like, I, I didn't hit my leg on a stone, nothing. I didn't stumble, but I just know that my hips from here, right hips dislocated. And I 
got to church in pain. You know, sat there for morning session, couldn't move an inch until the night session. It was Friday, Friday night. Dr. K just walked in. He had not started preaching. Because Reverend Victor was going to preach that night. Um, Dr. K walked in with Reverend Victor. He went to meet him at the hotel and they came in together. I was sitting at the edge where the media guys were. When Dr. K and Reverend Victor walked in, the pain, I didn't even know when I stood up. Like At, at this point, it was people forgotten. that I had forgotten. It, it was the people that worked with me that realized that this guy that had been shouting all day, that couldn't move, was standing. And, I, you know, that moment I was like, well done. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, well done. Because there was no other way I could explain having felt the anointing like that very moment. And that is why I cannot forget. You know, someone said that the chances are higher that you will doubt God until you have felt him. Right? Um, so, the feast is coming again. And this time it is concerning spiritual gifts. What should people look forward to at this conference? I actually think we should look at one of the verses in the book of, um, I think it's that same 1 Corinthians chapter 12 or chapter 14, when he talked about how that um, the secrets of men's hearts are revealed. And those that are in a position of um, um, unbelievers, they're going to believe. Very similar experience to what happened to Daniel. Because the honest truth is, um, and I'm, I'm staring up somebody's heart this evening to actually expect an encounter with the Father. Because you can actually be like Jacob, where he was at Bethel. And then his story was, the Lord was in his place, and I knew it not. You, the, the, the presence of God can actually be in an atmosphere. And you're hearing pastors say, oh, wow, the presence of God is here. And you're wondering, which, <laughs> which presence, right? You know, I was very young, and, and that's one of the things that actually drew me here. I used to be asthmatic um, growing up, and then I remember... Um, at, I feel old saying this. Anyway, the service was at Ivory Health Club, right? And then Dr. K laid his hands on me then. Where about the church was? had just started in Lagos then. My sister just dragged me there, you know, or I followed her, one of two of them. And then, you know, he just called anybody need healing, and then he laid hands on me. And I knew from that day the severity of asthmatic attacks. In fact, from that day, I knew I got healed. Of course, the devil will try to bring symptoms on your body, right? You know, and, and, and uh, thank you, Jesus. Listen, when you are healed, it's a supernatural experience. But guess what? Number, sometimes there are certain habits that you're going to have to deal with so that those things don't come back to you. That's one. Number two is you must expose yourself to the foundation of divine health. You know, recently I was just thinking about healing and then Bible, I remember, I was reminded of scripture. It said he satisfies our mouth with good things so that our youthful body is renewed like the eagles. So that means that there's a certain dimension of walking in divine health that is based on eating right. You cannot continue to eat gala and lacassera and expect to <laughs> and expect to live healthy. You have to eat right. You cannot continue to eat at 9 p.m. Heavy semo and uh, effort. 
<laughs> you cannot continue that. He said he satisfies your mouth with good things. There's a, there's a link between that. And it's all in scripture. Anyway, so the, of course the devil tried to, but I knew that from then on, the story of asthma and Deton had ended. Hallelujah. So sometimes it, it's, it's that, dear God, oh God, dear him. You, did you notice the pursuit in his prayer? In his, in his asking, he said, God, I want, to, I, want to, I want to actually taste and see that you are good. I want to actually cross that line. I, I've been hearing stories. I've heard Daniel's story. I've heard Pastor Tosin's story. I've heard, you know, um, Pastor Dayton's story. I've heard so many stories. But for me as well, I, I, I want to actually taste and see. And then you can dare to put one part of your life or two parts or ten parts of your life forward and say, God, this, this, this issue that has lingered for so long, I, I, I dare you. I, I, I dare to put it forth to you. You find a scripture that you're going to plant in your heart that is related to that issue and just continue to plant it in your heart. Continue to plant it in your heart that God, I choose to trust in you. Guess what? It may happen before because the fourth has started. Hallelujah. Come on, say the fourth has begun. The feast has begun. Hallelujah. It can happen before. It can happen during. It can happen after. But when you plant the faith inside your heart, you know that I'm surely there's an end and my expectation will not be cut short. Hallelujah. Do you see his pursuit? He said, God, I actually want to see your power. Like the psalmist said in the book of Psalm 63. Oh Lord, early will I seek thee. My soul thirsts for thee. My flesh longs for thee. In a dry and thirsty land where no water is. I long to see your power. I long to see your glory. Like I have seen in the sanctuary. So that's it. You dare it. You dare it. I was minding my own business, my and I came to the church. They called for and uh, okay, say you me a bit. Let's go. Laid hands on me, and I knew that I I took something that day. I took something that day. You you know, I, nobody needs to convince me, but I took something. The pursuit. There are certain things that you would do. Is that what he says, Pastor? He said, draw near to God and he would draw near to you. It was not that he was far in before but he was talking about becoming more conscious of what he can do. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Wow. Wow. Um, <laughs> this conversation is getting more powerful as we go. Um, as we need to wrap up, I want to ask because when we get to talk about hunger and thirsting after God a lot um, as a church. Once again, we are the word of faith you know, church, and we get to talk about this a lot, but I know we've sort of touched it here and there, but can we just, you know, dive a little deeper into how people can, someone is watching us right now, you know, and is wondering, how do I stay up the hunger, right? Um, how do I stay up the hunger? What do I do? Yeah, I will fast, but beyond that, how do I stir up the hunger in me? All right. Um, in answering that, I, I think that I would want to say that the greatest competition with God in our lives is actually the cares of this world. You know, um, what are we going to eat? What are we going to wear? You know, and all those kind of stuff. Um, it's interesting to find out that when Jesus was trying to speak to his disciples about being mindful of the kingdom of God, 
He said, don't be like the Gentiles. There are certain things that the Gentiles are in pursuit of. Their minds, everything is channeled towards these things. But you pursue the kingdom of God and these things will be added to you. So it means that if we can actually find in ourselves not to be conscious or concerned about the cares of this world, we would have more time for God. And that was why I said the greatest competition is the cares for this world. In fact, all through the scriptures, there was nothing Jesus actually um, talked about in terms of devotion that can compete in terms of devotion with God like money. Glory to God. So he was trying to say that our minds should not be filled with these things. And as long as they are not filled with these things, we would have more room for God. Hallelujah. So it means that every single day I'm, I'm, I'm awake, my mind should be filled about the things of the Spirit. How can I get closer to God? What are the things God will want me to do in this season? As the feast is coming, are there things God will have me do? Are there seeds God will have me give? Are there sacrifices God will have me make? And every other thing in terms of spiritual gifts and all that, I'll begin to walk in those things. First Corinthians chapter 14, Paul was speaking to the Corinthians church and he said to them, he said, pursue love and earnestly desire spiritual gifts. So there are certain things we will not walk in, like I said earlier, until we show desire, until we show pursuit. We have to show pursuit to actually walk in certain dimensions of the gifts of the Spirit. And as the feast is coming, pursuing God, like we have said earlier, is praying, fasting, studying God's Word, being open to Him, and getting conversations that would actually lead us towards enjoying the fullness of God for the feast. Yeah. Amazing, amazing. I'm reminded of this, um, this scripture, um, Philippians chapter 2 and verse uh, 13, I believe. It's either Philippians or, yeah. Uh, where he said, um, it is God that works in us both to will and to do of his good pleasure. So if we are going to please God, you know, without faith it's impossible to please God. God, he that comes to God must believe. He that comes, he that pursues after him must believe. But then um, it's amazing that he says that it is God that is working inside of us. That means that God is planting certain seeds of desires inside of you. If you look closely, uh, if, you, if you check closely, if you try to cast your mind back to the past uh, few days or the past uh, one week, there's been a, uh, a desire to just maybe read the word some more or maybe just instead of watching that movie, maybe uh, l listen to that message again or maybe uh, call that friend that you can pray together again. God is tearing up things in our hearts because he's much more willing to do something for you, to you, with you, and in you at the feast than you are actually ready to receive. Bible says that God who is able to do exceedingly abundantly far above. So those things are just, they are side notes are calling you. God is calling you. God is making a demand. God is making a request that, come, I want to show you certain things about you. I want to unveil, unwrap you to you. I mean, Bible says in the book of Genesis, it said, and Enoch walked with God 300 years and he was not for God took him. What, 
what were they doing for 300 years? There's several parts of you that you don't know. You think that this is all there is to you, tall, dark, handsome, chubby cheek, pink lips. That's not all there is to you. There's more to your destiny that God wants to unveil to you. And guess what? He's not going to just put it for you on a platter. You're going to have to seek it. Bible says that it is the glory, it's the glory of God to conceal a matter. It is the glory of kings to search them out. It is the glory of kings to search things out. What that means is that we have been made kings and priests unto our God and we shall reign on the earth. Ain't no reigning if you are not going to search. No reigning as a king if you are not going to search. So those things, he's working. And our job in a lot more in this season is to respond. So maybe that's the training, Pastor Tose. Training to respond to those inclinations of the spirit. Training to respond to those desires. They told, oh yeah, just, just go to your study and pray. Just go to your study and pray. Don't call that person yet. Spend five minutes to pray. Get up from your desk and just take a 10-minute, 15-minute prayer walk. Get up from what it is that you're doing. Okay, you're in between classes, you're in between lectures. Instead of just getting on Instagram, sacrifice that Instagram and submit it to me. Give me that time. Let me let me engage you. Let me unveil you to you. I mean, I can imagine the kind of conversations that God was having with Enoch that he said, you're, you're too good for this earth. Come to heaven with me. Too good. Hallelujah. So it's responding to those inclinations. God is working in us both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Those desires and to accomplish his good pleasure. God wants his will to be done in your life, but you're going to have to partner with him. And you, the first step in partnering is responding to those inclinations. Responding, 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 responding. Listen, folks. There's so many things in the world that we are yet to see. There's so many things that when you dive deeper, I mean, people that go hours just studying the word, it's not like they have nothing to do. It's because of the magnitude of the revelation. That's what Paul said. He said, because of the magnitude of revelation that was given to me, a messenger of Satan was sent to me, lest I be puffed up. Because he was seeing things in third heaven, seeing things in the world, seeing things in scripture. God was opening things to him, unveiling him to him. Why will Peter not walk an ordinary shadow like shadow that healed Daniel several years ago? Hallelujah. In depth. Glory to God. Who told you that you cannot? Hallelujah. Who told you you cannot carry that anointing to your workplace? Who told you you cannot carry that anointing to your streets, to your neighborhood? Who told you that you cannot carry that anointing to your home? Who told you that you are not the anchor that is supposed to calm the storm in that home? Who told you? But if you are going to go in depth, then you will be revealed to you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Um, PD, I, I want us to just touch, you know, one particular area before we close tonight. Um, and that's the place of um, soul winning. Because in preparation for a feast like this, I mean, in addition to everything that we get to do, um, I'm reminded of the scripture in Luke 14, I think it's from verse 7 to 15, where Jesus gave a parable about the wedding banquet um, and he gave specific instructions as to um, what we are expected to do with respect to bringing people in. In fact, he specifically told them the kind of people to bring. Um, I think it is NIV or uh, NKTV that said, don't bring your rich friend. Of course, 
that's not the trust. Don't bring your rich friends, you know, the big boys, because they will demand your invitation of you. However, bring the people who need this feast. And it gives specification of the kind of people that you bring. Do you want to talk about um, the place of bringing people um, in this kind of meeting? Hallelujah. In bringing souls, um, I think um, sometimes we need to understand um, maybe why people don't do it. Um, if you truly love God, your heart will beat for what his heart beats after. That's, that's the honest truth. If you truly love God, if you, um, if you say that you love him, you honor him, I, I esteem you, oh Lord, and you know, you know those uh, Christianese that some of us say, you know, your heart will beat after what his heart beats after. If you look at the feast, um, Daniel, or that parable of the feast, there were several parties involved in that feast. There was the man who, um, there was the king, rather, who organized the feast. There was a son who the feast was organized for. Then there were servants whose first job description was to go and get those that were invited first. And then there were those that were invited first. And then there were those that were sent, that were sent after. They sent them after to go and bring them from the highways and the byways and compel them to come. Don't arrive at the feast as a guest. Arrive as a servant. I'll say that again. Don't arrive at the feast as a guest. That means that I'm just coming. I'm those people that they've come to. Oh, yeah, it's time for a feast. And then you just appear. You know, you appear in Zion. There's a blessing for that. Hallelujah. Because the power of God is going to come upon you. And your life will not be changed. Will not remain the same. Your life will be changed in Jesus' name. Amen. Your life will change. Right? But then be the part of the servants. Who are those that are in the army? They are the ones that can be sent out to go and get people to come. Bible says that there is rejoicing in heaven when one soul is saved. Why? Because there's so much impact from that one soul. It's a chain reaction. You save one, you save all. Strike the shepherd, the sheep will scatter. Strike the strong man. If you bind the strong man, he can take his goods. So if you get one soul, there are so many people that are connected to him. You know, there are some people that used to pray for Michael Jackson to be born again because of the potential impact. Well, we never know right but you know it's the it's the it's the price of one one soul one soul so it's my encouragement today do you know you can set a target for yourself that i'm going to bring one person and that can be the minimum i can bring i'll bring two people i'll organize a whole bus i'm going to go in every single time that my tribe here says we're going to evangelize by the way our tribes are organizing evangelism seasons towards the feast the week before the feast in our different areas we're going to go out and evangelize and invite people to come um, for the um, for the feast we're going to do that so i'm going to show up at all those times you don't have you don't, sometimes you don't have to say anything just tag along with somebody that can say something and learn and guess what some of us that are shy it can be a good ground for you to get yourself off that shyness because the honest truth is you don't know this guy from adam He's not, he's, not, he's not going to be able to do anything to you. So just walk up and be bold. Hallelujah. Walk up and, you know, be bold. He says, grant your word, grant your servants boldness. That may speak your word with boldness. And the signs and wonders may be wrought by the name of your holy child, Jesus. So get up and just do it. 
set a target for yourself. You know, Pastor taught us on, showed us, reminded us on Sunday that he has a personal target of the number of people that he's going to bring for the feast. And immediately, I just did my own target immediately. Sharp, sharp. Ah, these are the people that I'm going to invite for the feast. I follow suit. Pastor Singh, what to say? Yes, sir. Um, just like you said, sir, our focus in this season has to be um, what God is focused on, the desire of God. Scripture says, I think in 2 Corinthians, um, 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 9, it says that God is not slack concerning his promise, like some consider slackness, but is long-suffering towards all, not willing or not desiring that any man should perish, but that all should come to the knowledge of the truth. And that means that the desire of God is for everyone to come in, to come into the fold. And if that's God's desire, that has to be my desire. That's what I'm going to pursue after. That's what's going to be in my thoughts every day. So every single person I come across is a potential invitee for the feast. Yeah. Hallelujah. Um, pastors have said a lot. Um, one of the things, I, I think I was recounting with Pastor Tosin recently about how I joined church. And sometimes we might trivialize the impacts, some of these things about telling somebody else about Jesus or just telling them to come on board. And the truth is, if you start with your own immediate network, you know your friends and what can bring them to church. I don't know if I should tell this story, but in a minute, if I can, I remember how I joined Kingswood. I had not gone to church for the longest of time. And we just left secondary school this year. One of my classmates back in secondary school was invited by a friend whose sister was a leader in Kingswood. So this guy comes to church. How did he come to church? They knew that we liked all this. It was Homer that was training at the time. Just show us where Homer is. Everybody wants to come and just see Homer. They told, the guy's name is Daniel as well. The guy that brought us to church was Japheth. Japheth tells Daniel, come to my church and see your age mate driving Homer. How? 17. How? Like, how? I'm, I'm not saying it's not possible, but we're living in Dokwemu at the time. Bro, how will my age mate in Dokwemu be driving Homer? If, if we have the money for Homer, you will not even live in, be living in Dokwemu at that time. Right? And so Daniel comes to church. For what? For some reason, Daniel stayed. Then Daniel comes home this following week and told me the same story. <laughs> Come to my church and you will see your age mate driving Homer. I'm like, duh, I've seen Homer. And he took it a step further and said, Come and see your age mate. Who is the manager in a first bank? I'm like, like, really? Bro, we just left secondary school. Anyway, after the many push, I followed them to church on Sunday and wow. Because here I was, coming from Dokbebo, I'd never been in an atmosphere where there was first air conditioning. Like, I needed to say church. And that, that was it. Nobody needed to follow me up. Like, I didn't need to follow. I followed myself up. In fact, after three weeks, I stopped because we used to come with a bus at the time, the bus in the location. I stopped coming with it because they were delaying my destiny. As in, that was how. So I, I can imagine the number of people we also brought to church. I was telling Pastor Tosin that, <laughs> I can't even mention their names, but a lot of them are pastors in this ministry. Now, people that we brought into church just by telling, you know, our friends, you know they need Jesus. You know they don't go to church. 
Don't go and chase somebody's member. But those ones that you know will wake up on Sunday morning and cook beans. Right? They should be the first set of people you target. Right? Be like the servant in this story of the feast. You know, that was sent out to go bring people. And for your personal life, also be like the 120 who were in next expectation waiting for the coming of the Spirit in Acts 2. Because the Bible says that when the Holy Spirit came, it descended on all of them. Why? Because they all had something in common. Their expectation. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Can we lift our hands this evening? Um, I'd like you to go ahead and begin to make a commitment to God. Uh, words are seeds. They've been planted in your hearts this evening. Are you going to respond? I'd like you to respond. Because the more that are recruited in this army, the more, the many more that we can deploy. We can recruit, train, deploy, recruit much more. Don't take for granted the atmosphere that you, are, that you enjoy every Sunday. Because the tangibility of that atmosphere is what one's soul may need to alter their life, alter their destiny, alter everything about them. So if you find value here, then you should be an evangel. You should be a mouthpiece. There should be people that should not rest until you've dragged them into this same atmosphere, says God. Because that singular life, that singular soul, there are so many other people, so many other things, so many other experiences. Some of you are going to be inviting your future business partners. Some of you are going to be inviting your future um, colleagues. Uh, some of you are going to be invi inviting people that are going to be the help that you have been praying to God for, says God. So go up, go out, go up and go out. Go up and go out and respond to this call. Respond to this call. I'd like us to go ahead and pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit wherever it is that you are. If you're at home, I'd like you to go ahead and pray in the Spirit as well. Reka lagane bete sele badaga atalagate nengele gelegete ele barade de vonde sestriga la regeton de gatila ganende badonde vatila ganande nene galaga lakada ele barada na balaga yande de bele 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 esele gatana na maraga yotolo geye lagaya dadaga yadega lagata ele barada balagoto mene balaga yande de balaga dagade gede gede ele rada na balaga yadara lagaya de bele 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 esele gatane batonde balaga rade Father, stay the waters in us, O God. We ask that you stir it up, oh God, we stir it up. Ayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayayay
out of our belly will flow, will flow, will flow. Ene alia ayande na bolo goyoto logoto. Ene katila alaya ande de bala yadada. Ande be yama la bayaraba. Ande be nemba la goto de belega yetele de de. Ayagatana atena batunya bayaradada. Father, let there be a stretching and expansion. Let there be a stretching and an expansion. Take us to depth, depth in you, depth in you, depth in you, depth in you, like we have never seen before. Young man, arise and shine. Arise, arise, arise from slumber. Arise from sleep. And Christ will give you light. Come on, go ahead and pray in the Holy Ghost. Come on, I want to see you praying. Your encounter can be now. It can be now. It can be now. In the name. I pray for every sick person or everyone who knows somebody who is sick. <laughs> he said, as the father has life in himself, so has he given the son to have life. And Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So what that means is Jesus is still in the business of dispensing life. He's a life-giving spirit. He's not Adam who was a living soul. He's a life-giving spirit, dispensing life. And so I declare in the name of Jesus, every single cell, every single tissue, every single organ, every single system, every single bone, every single part of your body, receive the life of God in the name of Jesus. No sickness can stand the power in the name of Jesus. He said, wherefore God had highly exalted him and giving him a name that is above every name. Every knee bows at the mention of the name. And so in the name of Jesus, be healed in your bodies. Be healed in your bodies. Be healed in your bodies. In the name of Jesus, I speak the life of God. The life that eats up and swallows up darkness. That life is manifested in your bodies, in your bodies, in your bodies, in the name of Jesus. I speak to that shoulder pain, that thing that has lingered on, you thought you slept on it, begin to move it. The healing power of God is at work. You are healed, you are healed, you are healed. You are healed in the name of Jesus, you are healed. You are healed. 
because Jesus is the healer. Oh, that abdominal pain, that discomfort, that dis-ease. We speak the life of God over it. We say be healed in the name of Jesus. We say you are whole in the name of Jesus. I speak to whatever it is that is at the roots. Never again in the name of Jesus you are healed. Oh, thank you, Father. Oh, the encounters can begin now. One more minute, lift your hands to the Father. Oh, Lord, we have come to meet with you. And we receive that. We receive your deposits. Oh, stir up the waters. Stir up the waters. Stir up the waters. Stir up the rivers. Yake katone etile ayana nende leke latura arebeleva tamana apelepara regele bane velotile vatele valaga lagala gelevele gede yegitene manavato de vetila vatava la de regetanobe efele datone valiga la kele galaga lagoto ole la lagayate le prene de fila gapane veti eya katoneti atone valaga de velegete. We give you thanks, O oh God. Thank you, Father. For the encounters begin. We walk and we believe in the manifestation of your gifts in our lives and the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, the discerning of spirit, tongues and interpretation. Thank you, Father, Father, for manifestations of your spirit like never before. Heightened, heightened sensitivity by the doing of the Lord creative miracles, creativity on another level, creative productions, creative ideas, ideas that could have only come by you. We receive them, oh God. Light and understanding like the wisdom of God. Let it break out upon us in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. You want to give God a shout of praise? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We hope you were greatly blessed by today's message because God still has so much He wants to share with you. So stay connected every week to experience uplifting and life-changing moments in His presence.